0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be delving into the ways Akashic can help us heal core issues and remove stuck energy. Akashic energy is flowing through us every moment we're alive. Like oxygen, It comes into us, bringing the raw materials we need to sustain and manifest our efforts at being and living, and then it leaves with the proceeds, which are the building blocks others need to be sustained and manifested in their turn. Universal akasha flows into us through our head or crown chakra and is transformed through all our various processes into things such as cells, memories, skills, emotions, Nervous system programming, actions, choices, and experiences. The results of all this and everything else we are go out into the world, helping us co create existence. At the same time, earth akasha is flowing into us through our feet or root chakra, bringing all the raw and formed materials of the embodied world, gathering our lived experiences, wisdom, and becoming, then being released back out into the universe. One of the ways in which we utilize these Akashic flows is to divide it into two strands, front and back. Imagine if you were divided a bit like a bagel, with the top of the bagel being your front side and the bottom of the bagel being your back. The top of a bagel is usually where all the good stuff is. It's where the baker puts seeds or nuts, where they drizzle cheese or put raisins and patterns, and so on. Energetically, we put most of our good stuff in the front. Our faces are on the front of our heads, and we don't have eyes on stalks, so we have to turn our heads to see above, below, or behind us. Our arms can bend to work behind us with practice, but are designed for working in front. Our legs bend to create laps, which are great for holding things rather than backwards to make us more like a table. And, of course, our sexual organs, and even our secondary sexual features, like beards and breasts, are in the front. This is why, as a side note, we don't make detailed meaning or judgments about people based on their backsides. When we see people from the back, we check to see if they have toilet paper on their shoes, if things are tucked where they should be, and not if they shouldn't, and otherwise make an immediate note to fill in all the other data we need when or if they turn around. Akasha flowing through the front of us is what we use to power our day-to-day routine, to problem-solve issues, real, imagined, or just worried over, and to navigate our life in the short, medium, and long term. It's the second wind we get in the evening, the joy we feel when we succeed in something, the will we use to get through the difficult times, and the energy we use to juggle everything on our plate, even when the plate is too small achingly empty, or seemingly non-existent. The back half of us is structural. It's what we use to support all this thinking and doing we get up to all day long. Our spine supports not only the skull, but the brain in all its functioning. The arms hang off our spine via the shallow shoulder joints. Our ribs reach around from it in a protective hug. Our pelvis provides the bowl for major organs to sit in, And our legs socket into the hips, which provide not only upright support, but mobility, depending on how they're utilized. The back also supports our safety and well-being through the limbic system, which includes our brainstem or lizard brain survival programming. Our nervous system, including the spinal cord, which is the information and experience superhighway. And the fight-flight-freeze reactions, which are wired into our physiological systems like a fire alarm on a high-rise. Along with all this, the back is set up as a storage facility. As adults, we quickly become aware the world is an overwhelming place, and a large part of what we will do with our time is discern, sort, and manage what we do with our front-facing energies. This can be as simple as setting something aside so that we can get to it later in the day when we have a moment to focus on it, or as complex as shoving something away using coping mechanisms, addictions, or dissociation. I think of this process a bit like one of the pivotal moments from Gone with the Wind. I'll think about that tomorrow. What we can't process in the moment gets shoved down, pushed back, and stored for later. This is actually a healthy built-in process which helps us survive. If you've ever been in a fender bender or fallen suddenly, you've experienced it, After the moment of impact, time seems to stop and things become oddly fluid. Our senses become at once very broad, taking in everything, and yet narrowly focused. Our bodies seem to take over and move us through what needs to get done, step by step, until we can't figure out anything else to do. Then, with a rush, time starts to come back, and our mind starts trying to make sense of all the bewildering and uncategorized data it's just been handed we might even go through the shakes like we're cold as the nervous system purges us of the adrenaline and other no longer necessary biochemicals which the body has produced that rush is our back giving the all clear signal and releasing everything it has stored in the moment all the extraneous things which might have gotten in the way of our focus on survival are now returned to the front where we can sort through and process them. But what if our back never gives the all clear? What if we never feel safe enough or ready enough to deal? If we don't feel or are not safe physically, emotionally, or mentally for long periods of time, we create coping mechanisms in order to survive. All the things we aren't able to process in the moment, the events, problems, questions, fears... Righteous fury, sorrow, pain, and truths get stored. Over time, all of this storage becomes what seems a distant memory, and our coping mechanisms take their place, turning necessary lies about who we truly are into our lived experience. What we have stored develops into core issues, and eventually each item begins to act like a prisoner of war, trying anything to be noticed, rescued or provided a means of escape. Yet we tend to think of stubborn core issues as needing to be confronted head-on, requiring willpower as something to get our head around, or needing understanding to be diffused. Residing in our back, they often defy our efforts, hijack our best intentions, and sabotage our attempts to improve or move on. Again, our eyes are not on stocks so we cannot use them to see directly what is going on behind us. We can use external means, but these show us only the surface, not the internal system. No mirror can give us a felt experience of what is going on inside us, or how we're being co-created through our own devices. Luckily, Akasha flows through our back as much as it does our front, and we can utilize it to restore the physical and spiritual awareness of our back half which is our birthright. We can engage it to help us access what is stored like junk in the trunk, gently unstick what is stuck, uninstall old programming, and install new operating systems so we can experience ourselves and the world in new and healthier ways. In spiritual community, the tendency when thinking about energy healing or moving energy is to start at either the top or the bottom if you're working with chakras or kundalini, then you start at the bottom and work up. If you're bringing in universal wisdom or external energies for healing, then it's from the top down. And if you want to ground or move out from the body, then you're often directed to start at your center, the solar plexus or third chakra, and move upwards and out. However, the point of working with and healing the back is to become aware of and attend to the back. So, instead of starting at an arbitrary point, it's better to be an explorer and let your back show you where to begin. For some people, it can be fairly easy to notice where things are stuck, struggling, or out of balance, and this is because they hurt. Pretty much all of our back structures are common places where people have chronic, sharp, or even debilitating pain. I'm hard-pressed to think of one spot which isn't. If you don't have pain pointing the big red arrow for you, then pressing gently on your back can tell you what area is most, well, pressing. Using your hands flat against you with gentle but firm pressure, check each area of your back, not for pain, but for response. This can be like the pleasure tingles you get from having your hair brushed or getting a massage. It can also be the slight anxiety you feel when you realize you've forgotten something important. Or it can be a full on acknowledgement of yes, with a small sampler of the memories and feelings contained within. If you find several areas or everything gives you a response, then start with the area which drew your attention most or had the most response. For those who have knowledge of the chakras or have worked with kundalini, it's important to note the root chakra is not just at the base of the spine, it includes the buttocks, the anus, the perineum, and also the high upper thighs close to the hip sockets. So when you're checking for where to start, you might include flat palm pressure against these areas as well. Once you've recognized where to start, you can begin to engage with the Akashic flow in your back. Remember, Akasha is always flowing through you both front and back, and in both directions, top to bottom and bottom to top so you don't need to call in more energy. Instead, you want to begin working with what is already flowing through you in order to start the all-clear signaling, which will allow the back to unpack what it has in storage. To do this, find somewhere you can sit comfortably with your back fully supported. This can be on the floor with your back against a wall, in a high-backed chair, or a comfy couch with a nice headrest. Have next to you something which you can use to put gentle pressure against the area you're going to work with. A rectangular couch pillow can be good along the spine, or a bolster can work for hips. This should feel like firm but supportive pressure, like your hands. Nothing forceful, painful, or sharp. Once you're seated with your pillow or other pressure support item behind you, let your awareness move from the front of your body to your back. Let this be both physical and energetic, allowing your nerves to report their experience of you while you relax into a meditative state. This is much like what people call mindfulness practice, but it's targeted at a specific area of the body. For those who have taken yoga classes, the goal is much like shavasana, to be completely relaxed, the mind calm, but awareness stays fully present and attentive to the body. For those who are energy aware, you may wish to notice the akasha flowing through you like river water through a delta or wetlands, like blood flowing through the veins and arteries threaded throughout your entire back. Once you've relaxed a bit and your brain has slowed down into a meditative mode, move your awareness to the area you wish to engage. Let yourself take in its normal state and validate this is you. Then gently put your support pillow or item in place and rest yourself against it. Allow yourself to experience what it is to be supported in this vulnerable spot. Acknowledge you are supporting yourself there, possibly for the first time. If or when you feel ready, you can start moving more akasha into the area. Through this mindfulness practice, Akasha will have gathered and pooled around the area you're working with. Think of allowing this energy to flow like a shower which cleanses, or a rain which replenishes after drought. As more Akasha moves through, you should feel the area warm and your body may want to move, squirm, or shift. Allow any movements and follow any insights you might have. This is the body offering you its wisdom. You may experience flushes of difficult emotions, retrieve memories, or feel vibrations in various parts of your body. It's not unusual to feel heat flushing through muscles and joints which don't have pressure on them. This is the nervous system gently releasing stored energy, trauma, and emotions. You may even experience chattering teeth and the shivers if something deeper releases. This is part of what happens when we heal after a traumatic event. Don't force yourself to be still or to stay in the process for any preconceived length of time. These actions will cause your back to respond as if things are not all clear and store things more securely, which is the opposite of what you want. Don't force things, but instead accept and allow. Once you're ready to complete the process, lean forward or release your pressure on the support pillow or item and remove it gently. Sit upright and allow yourself to feel how things are different from when you started. Bring your awareness back to the front of your body by wiggling your fingers and toes, looking around the room, and shifting your weight. Be careful and mindful when standing up, as things might have shifted physically for the better, but this can be awkward if you're not prepared for it. As with a massage or other physical healing modality, Make sure to drink plenty of water in order to flush out any toxins or debris which has been released into your system. The full effects of this work can take 24 to 72 hours to be fully felt, especially if core emotional or behavioral issues are involved. Be graceful with yourself should you start remembering difficult things, having epiphanies, or experiencing feelings which seem disconnected from the current moment. Use the best self-care you can in the moment, So these things can stay in the front of you, where you can work with them. Healing core issues and releasing stuck energies is not so much about returning to a normal state of wellness, but about transforming who we have experienced ourselves to be. It converts issues into wisdom, de-triggers trauma, and moves it into our history, and gives us the opportunity to choose a better path forward into the life we each deserve. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing what we refer to as the higher self actually is, what it does for us, and how to interact with it consciously. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can find all my offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com Slash Terry Uctana. Thanks. Bye.